Are you guys enjoying these podcasts? Because I'm having a lot of fun making them. Seriously, this has been a really fun experience so far. Uh, I highly recommend, if you have something to talk about, I highly recommend just starting a podcast. It's super fun just to put them together and get them out there. And I'm getting a lot of support from you guys, and I'm loving it. And um, I'm excited. It makes me excited to make more podcasts, uh, just like the one I just recorded over the weekend. I got to sit down with uh, my good friend, Andrew Manley. Uh, some some of you may know him. He is the owner of IE Photo Rentals in Pomona. I've been going there for many, many years now. And they have just been the biggest help, you know, because when I first got into wedding photography, um, I didn't have I didn't have the money to buy the the lenses that I really wanted. You know, I photo rentals. They gave me the opportunity to um, experiment, play around with different lenses, and uh, just see what's out there and see what works for me. Uh, so of course, I sat down with Andrew, and we talked about gear. We talked about a lot of stuff. This is, um, this is, this was a really fun podcast. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Andrew Manley is just a wealth of information and he's fun to just sit down with and talk to and talk about business, talk about life, talk about photography, talk about anything. So anyways, I sat down with Andrew and we had a nice long talk and, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Andrew Manley. Thanks for uh, being on my podcast. Sure. I'm uh, like, are we supposed to look at each other like this? We can. Oh. I'm gonna stare. I'm gonna stare at you <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> you can look at me or my pimple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Ulysses. My eyes are up here. <laughs> Just gonna keep looking down at it. <laughs> You're gonna be in mid sentence, dude. You're looking at my pimple right now. <laughs> Raise your eyes, buddy. Okay, fine. I'll stare out the window the whole time, <laughs> and then you'll just be wondering if I'm paying attention to you. <laughs> so when I was deciding what to do the next podcast about, you know, one of the questions that I always get from from people is, uh, you know, what kind of camera should I get? So of course, I thought of you. I photo rentals. You know, you know the gear. I mean, just looking around your house, you got <laughs> you got um, gear everywhere. <laughs> just a lot of old iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I thought of you, man, and you know, I thought it'd be really great to have you on and and you know, just kind of pick your brain about some of this stuff. Sweet. Um, but uh, I do feel more comfortable on the sound set of things. Yeah. Versus the video set of things, it's it's so, a little easier. You're not like looking at yourself. Yeah, because it's. I, I kind of want to sit like you. I'm like trying to turn. Know. <laughs> you know what? It's because I don't have a backing right here, so I'm like, if I did, I'd just be. This is more comfortable. <laughs> I need I need better chairs. <laughs> so um, so I've known you for a little bit of time now. Yeah, I can actually. If I look up dates on the computer, I can find out the exact date. But are you serious? Yeah, I've been doing that with some of my other buddies that I met through the shop, and I'm like, dude, I met you on. 
July, you know, 18th, 2010. What the the hell? hell? How's how's it been like eight years already? Well, I definitely met you on a Saturday. (laughs) Yes, I do remember that. Actually, I do remember the first time you walked in. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Because I could tell you the story. I don't know if you can. (laughs) I think it's a great story. I love it. You know what? I would love to hear from your perspective. (laughs) Well, the first time I met you, uh, I needed to, I had an emergency, like something happened to my lens, and it was a Saturday morning, the day of a wedding. Oh, wow, that's scary. Yeah. (laughs) And I was looking up, uh, you know, rental places, and uh, every, I called like two places, but, you know, they wanted the price of the lens for the deposit, which like, I didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. and I had another option. It was like worst case scenario, I was gonna shoot with like this stock lens or something. Oh, and <laughs> that would have been very it was, scary. It was a, it was a very long time ago, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I found your shop and I saw that it was closed on Saturdays. Um, but I I kind of just you know called anyways, and it went to your cell phone. <laughs> it did, you know, back then it was off my cell phone, and I actually texted you the date, it's actually September 29, 2012. September 29? 2012. Oh my god, that's so, awesome. That's almost You looked it up ago. that quick? Yeah, looked up that quick. You know what, it's, oh, I hate to get into this, but I like to think of myself as a progressive person, and so with technology, I like to use software and anything else that's up to date. Yeah. But unfortunately, in the rental community, the software that's out there is extremely archaic. Yeah. It's like late 80s technology. Yeah. And I'm always yelling at these companies because why hasn't there been like progression? <laughs> you know, it's like everyone runs off iPhones and stuff. And these guys just... They keep you know, it old school. On, you know, they're yeah. running on like pre, like like Windows 95. Yeah. And it just, what? You they, know, they just, just don't want to, you know, they don't want to change anything. They're afraid to change. They're, I don't know what it is, man. I just, it just it brings a lot of frustration to me. So back then, I used to run everything off like Google and yeah. Gmail and stuff, and so that's why I can look it up so quick. But that's when I was always using like my own software contracts and stuff. Twenty twelve. Yeah, that's a little bit over five years now. That's that's a long time ago. That's awesome. That's, that is awesome. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> no, but I came in, or or I called you, and uh, I I told you, you know, I was I was like. This is a long shot, but I was going to see if you guys were open. And you were just like, well, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to get a lens. Well, how far away are you? How, you know, I was like, well, I can be there in 20 minutes. All right, I'll meet you there. <laughs> that, that's, that's all it took. And on the way there, uh, my buddy who was shooting with me, uh, Christian, he was telling me a story how he had met you even like a... What's Christian's last name? Uh, Christian Madeiras. Okay. He had told me, how, you're not going to find him on your database because he rented out of your garage. <laughs> <laughs> super old school. Yeah, he told me that story. And I was like, man, this guy is, this guy is super cool. So, and as soon as I met you, like, you know, you're, you're easy to talk to. And I've always had, you know, really deep, long conversations with you. Yeah, we definitely have, you know. And I think that I'm trying to think about what the shop looked like back in September of 2012. And I think at that time... So 2010, 2011. Oh, so that was a year after we were at that space. When it was funny because we we were actually I was down the street on the corner. Yeah. And I finally had broken apart from this guy that was uh, we were splitting the space with, and I got the new spot and it was completely blank. It was all white. The only thing I had in the entire shop was this tool chest yeah. on wheels, and people would walk in. And, you know, they're like, dude, what the hell's going on? And I was like, yeah, you know, we just moved in and stuff. And there was a point maybe six or seven months into it, Pro started 
um, kind of managing the front. Yeah. And so people were just kind of used to seeing my face. And they would walk in, and they would see Pro, and they'd be like, uh, where's Drew? <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, you see this random black guy there, and you're like, wait, who's this guy? And then they're like, oh, it's it's Pro, you know? And so, like, and Pro was... Pro didn't, I mean, Pro was never a photographer, so he kind of had to learn the ins and out of yeah. language and, and gear and stuff. And, of course, you know, over time, people learned to love him and, and all those other things. And well, stuff, I loved so. him right away. You guys have that photo right in the front. Yeah, yeah. I had to do that because all the people were used to seeing my face. Yeah. I was just like, hey, you know, like, it's official, like, you know, Pro's here and he'll help you and stuff. It's the first thing people look at. Exactly. You know, they but, look at him and they're like... Ah, that's it. <laughs> exactly. And then, then they see me with the... Because at the time, I was looking for a picture of myself, and I yeah. couldn't find one. And uh, we had just gone back from Hawaii maybe like six months prior, yeah. and that's why the picture of me with the, <laughs> the haze on there. Yeah, and so it's super funny. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. So people always, like, they always give me a hard time about that. They're like, oh, you look, you know, questionable. <laughs> I just thought, dude, you're, you're the owner. You could do whatever you want. Exactly. You know, I'm <laughs> you just could, like, you could be with your shirt off. You know? <laughs> I'm from Hawaii, bro. <laughs> I bet he's wearing sandals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, how did you get uh, iPhotos started? You know what? Um, so, I was going to UC Irvine from '98 to 2003, and in 2001, I changed my major to well. Funny thing is, I started at UCI on the orientation day. I walked into orientation room and looked around and said, I'm not going to do this. Medical? UCI? Yeah, for uh, bio. Oh, okay. So I entered as bio, and I walked into orientation room and said, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. There's just, no. <laughs> so there was a bunch of Indian kids, a bunch of Chinese and Korean kids. Yeah. And I was like, look, if I really, really tried, like I can do this, but my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. And so... Um, I changed my major to undecided and then eventually I ended up in the arts twice and then I I've, I mean I never went to art school and did any of that stuff I was always a creative person but I think the thing that really landed me in the arts was because it was challenging my mind to think differently you know like it would you would you would challenge the status quo of things and so once I found the arts, I realized it wasn't about creating or drawing and all that stuff. You have to do that stuff too. But really, in the beginning, because I never had an art background, a lot of my products, a lot of my, my critiques were, um, they were BS, basically. <laughs> I would just make a bunch of lies and stuff, right? And there was a certain point where I realized like how art worked. And after that point, I became like super immersed in it. And photography was... At the time, I was leaning towards video. I was watching a lot of movies and stuff, and I wanted to transfer to uh, UCLA or USC or something. And um, when I was taking my intermediate photo class, I actually was going to drop out and go to my video class, to this video class I couldn't get into because I registered late. Mm. And at the time, our professor had said, <clears throat> excuse me, our professor had said, listen, guys, his name is Dennis Keeley, and he said, listen, guys, if you guys do not care about photography, if you guys won't give this a try, like truly, if you won't try, just get the hell out of here. And actually, I was gonna stand up. I was gonna about. I was about to stand up and, and drop the class regardless, right? Yeah. And he had made that statement, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> this sounds interesting." And 
that class kind of basically changed the path of my entire life. So You're like challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge, <laughs> challenge accepted. And of course, after that class was over, everybody in my video class, you know, all my colleagues and stuff, or what do you call those? Not colleagues, but um, you know, all your fellow students and stuff. Um, fellow students. Yeah, fellow students. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, dude, where were you? You missed a whole intro class of, you know, in video. And I was just like, dude, I think I might be going into photos. So yeah. um, that started that whole realm. And I started doing, you know, I bought my first digital camera in, January of 2003, I remember specifically at the time it was a Canon D60. Back then, it wasn't like 60D, it was D. The D came first. Yeah. So it was a D60, and I spent 2200 bucks on that. It was every single dollar that I had. I had a D30. Oh, that's... Canon. Canon. What were you doing with that? Uh, I was I was blasting away on those three three point one megapixels. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it out of the start, or you had it way later? I, I had a... Um... Uh, the way I got into it, a neighbor of mine was selling his camera. Okay. And my friend, he he helped me buy the camera. Like, okay. I didn't have the money to do it. And he's nice. like, look, just get the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll share it. And he ended up just, he ended up giving it to yeah. me. And, uh, but my next door neighbor, yeah, he had a Canon. What year D30. was it? It was 2008. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at that point, this, that camera was probably at least I mean, six or seven years old. I wasn't even interested in like starting a business. This right. was just me like, I'm going to buy a real camera. And you know, I had an opportunity. I think he sold me like an entire kit for like 250 bucks. Wow. So it was, it was pretty good. I mean, the D30 is a pretty archaic camera. <laughs> Dude, I, I, got, I got some stories with that thing, man. Because I worked for a photo studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, I pushed that camera to its limits. Mm. For real. I believe it. <laughs> you should. Yeah, so I think... And at the time, I bought, had bought a camera, and then of course I I shot my first wedding in the summer of two thousand and three with the, one of my um, my buddies. And at the time, memory cards were so expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, everything was six megapixels. <laughs> Nobody was shooting raw back then because there wasn't any software that was around that yeah. allowed you to edit properly. So you would have to shoot JPEG, and of course you had to get everything right in camera. You know, um, white balance and focus and exposure and everything. And of course. You know, when you're shooting a wedding, at the time my buddy was shooting a Nikon D100 mm -hmm. and I was shooting on a D60. And uh, yeah, D60. And the thing with it is, you know, it went up to ISO 1000. And anything past ISO 200 was terrible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Our game plan was to um, t um, buy memory cards. And at the time we had, I think, they were 32 megabyte cards. And our, 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 our plan was to shoot, 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 uh, transfer to laptop, format, and then do that again. It was very risky. Because, because you didn't have that many memory cards. Well, yeah. back then, you know, the <laughs> like 128 megabyte card in 2003 was like a holy grail card. Yeah. You know, and by the time the 512 came out and then the one gig, it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the one gig, yeah. like, no way. That's like. Dude, that was insane. Yeah. And there was a period where micro drives were like really big, but those things were like, you know, they had a little spinning disc inside. Yeah. But people were using those for a while, and of course, people would drop them and, you know, lose wedding pictures and all that. But anyways, you know, I got into wedding, or I got into weddings around 2003, and I shot for about four years, and I started to gain into more commercial work in 2006. At the time, I, I would say sometime around 2007, 2008 is when a new wave of photography photographers came around because gear was getting much cheaper. Mm -hmm. And people realized at the time, it was funny, after I graduated school a year later, two years later, people were like, hey, Drew, what are you doing with, you know, now that you know you finished school? And I was like, oh, I'm wedding photography. 
and they're like, oh, so what's that about, you know? <laughs> and at the time, I was making, I was making good money, dude. I was at the time, I was charging. Like a, it doesn't sound like a real job. It doesn't sound like a real job, right? <laughs> but I was charging at the time. I was charging about three to four grand a wedding back in 2004, 2005, and in 2006, that was my last year doing it, and I was charging an average about four to five grand a wedding. And my buddies, eventually, I think down the line, people realized, oh man, like you can make money doing wedding photography. And at 2006, I had already exited the arena. And in 2008, when gear, like especially Nikon, they were coming out with the D700, which was their first real camera in, in, in my eyes to do like real work, especially like weddings and stuff. And in 2007, um, people used to hit me up all the time, like, Drew, can I, uh, or Andrew, or Andy, whatever they call me. <laughs> you know, people started calling me Drew recently, but they're like, yo, can I um, borrow a lens? And I was like, yeah, you know, in between my stuff, I'll let, I'll, you know, I'll hand it out to people. But then I'll, ha I'll have a, a shoot coming up, and then I won't have my gear. And so then I used to get really pissed off and say, dude, what the hell? You said you needed it for two days, and then you had it for seven days. And then people just started giving me money. They're like, here, here, I'm sorry, my bad, here's, here's like 50 bucks, you know, 70 bucks, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, still, like, I need the stuff back. Like, this is my gear. It's like I'm not a rental house. And then after a while, what ended up happening was people just started to you know, always ask me questions because they had known that I was in photography for such a long time already. Well, at the time, it was already four years, but, you know, I was kind of there at the earlier starts yeah. of digital. So people always ask me questions, and then it, it got to the point where people were telling other people, and then people were calling me. And so I was just like, well, I'll just make some extra money on the side doing this. And then I got into stock work. I got into uh, children's photography, lifestyle, and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, it was going well. And in 2009... <clears throat> I actually opened up shop and um, actually, well, I was running it out of, you know, I was meeting people in parking lots at that time. And then, <laughs> and in 2010, uh, I actually opened up shop and, and it became more official and everything. So, um, you know, it became something out of circumstance at the time. You know, it just, people needed gear and gear was very expensive and, you know, just people, it was like a word of mouth thing. So, um but, you know, nowadays it's, um, you know, just finding gear. There's so much gear. So for a little shop like us, which, you know, we're all, you know, bootstrapping and, um, you know, we sustain ourselves. We don't have major investor backing and um, all that. So, you know, we're just a little shop out here in Pomona. And, you know, we do what we can to try to service the people out here. You know, yeah. we're not a big shop. You know, we do the best we can to service people and, and show a lot of love. And yeah. I think that's why people have always hung around. So, Do you ever... Uh... You ever, in like the early days, you ever have any problems with like lenses not coming back? Yeah, you know what? For the most part, like when I met people in parking lots, I would just look at their ID and just have them, <laughs> you know, it just, it was so basic. You know, I think back then it was more innocent and we didn't really have issues with yeah. that. And I think later down the line, we would have, I mean, in a year, we might have maybe two, three or four, maybe five issues with people not bringing stuff back. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a part of business. Unfortunately, insurance, you know, people are like, oh, you, you know, why don't you just use insurance? And unfortunately, insurance in this game is really meant for catastrophic losses. Yeah. You know, you start going every year like, oh, you know, a customer didn't bring this back, which by the way, if a customer doesn't bring something back, then there's a lot of other, you know, issues that go along with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, insurances really don't cover for that. So when we, when we take a loss, like we, we, I mean, the shop takes it in the, you know... You take a real loss. We take a real loss. It's not like insurance is like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just pay you out. Because yeah. if they did that, I mean, 
they would never make any money. Yeah. So we're just we we save it for for whenever we really need it. And so you know, it's a tough business just because it's it's expensive yeah. and gear has just been depreciating more and more. Back then, like lenses wouldn't depreciate as 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 fast. Yeah. And now because you know they're like exact for for example, Sony is coming out with replacements almost like every year and a half now. Yeah. Before Canon, you know, Canon almost set the pace and like a professional camera would come out three and a half, four or five years. Yeah. But Sony's just like, nah, we want to do it in a year and a half, you know. And so it's it, it makes it tough in that sense because yeah. they're coming out with so much new gear. And people always want the, La- the latest, latest and greatest, latest, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, no matter how much we tell people, like, you don't need that. Or, you know, we always try to... <laughs> our biggest thing at the shop is always try to help people save money because my thing is if we always take as much as we can from you from every shoot you're doing then you're not going to make money for very long and you're not going to be around for very long. Yeah. So to me, the way I always see it is it's, it's this give and take. We want you guys to be successful because as you guys become successful, you guys will continue to rent. But not only that, after a, a certain point when you guys have become, you know, you know, big rock stars and stuff and you guys have your own gear, you know, um, you know, people always remember us and they always refer us to clients. We know that we'll have a customer base or a customer for a certain amount of time before they buy their own stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then we have also customers who never want to buy any gear because they don't want to deal with the depreciation or um, things breaking apart. So, you know, they just write everything off. So, and sometimes we have customers that come in it's like, well, why would anybody rent? And we're like, man, people rent for a hundred different million reasons. And sometimes people think like, well, only people who don't have money rent. And that's not true. We have plenty of people who have tons of money that still rent because, um, you know, one of our good customers, he uh, he goes to the, the, the big auto shows during car week up in monterey every single year and he's dude he's got so many beautiful cars and beautiful house mansion and stuff he never buys his own gear because he's like i'll use it maybe three times a year maybe less than that and it's just going to depreciate in value so i just come and rent it whenever i need it and you know that's that so and it's it's not expensive exactly you know i mean if you think about if you think about the cost the real cost of loss depreciation is is a major key you know you use a camera let's say for example you buy an a7s2 the a7s3 just came out you know (laughs) the two is gonna is gonna depreciate at least you know in that years and a half time it's gonna depreciate 50 percent almost Mm -hmm. you know and so you're taking a pretty big loss you know over over the course of time and you know when you rent things you know you just write it off as you you know you're making the money and whatnot so i don't know you know i'm not an accountant you know there's so many ways to handle you know that side of business but at the end of the day you know we don't judge people for whatever reason they need to rent you know people have different needs sometimes they have second shooters third shooters you know sometimes they have that one lens like a fisheye they never use but their client was like oh i need that fisheye in the church and you're like okay (laughs) so i will rent a lens for that purpose only you know and so you know, well, I did that. I went. I took a trip to Chicago, and I just rented a like. I wasn't planning on having like a super wide. Like it would be pointless for me to buy it because I'd never use it. Right. But you know, this trip for Chicago I was like, oh, that'd be fun to play with. So mm-hmm. I rented it. You know, and it was awesome. But if I had it today, if I owned it, it'd still just be sitting there collecting dust. Exactly, know? and that and that's the thing too is that when you they get to a point where you need gear, and so you just start buying, buying, buying. And I always tell people, you have to realize at a certain point, you know, you're just working just to buy new gear. Like you're not really working to build a business or, you know, to, you know, build for investments or future. You're just like, you're just collecting gear. And at the end of the day, it's like, dude, if you, if you only shoot photography and work your butt off and just buy more gear, then it's like, what are you doing? I mean, unless you have a job that just pays you tons of money and you're just 
just want to shoot for fun and people just kind of hand you money and you're just like oh I'll just this is my toy money you know and i'll buy more toys with it i mean <laughs> and there are people that are like that yeah. you know they just they're just they become great photographers but they have they have a job that pays them tons of money mm-hmm. and they're just like yeah i just use this to buy more stuff and okay so you know and you have engineer types that love everything about camera uh, fundamentals like lenses they love breaking it down doing this and you know uh, focus tests on bricks and okay bro like whatever you know like and then you have people like that are terrible fundamental photographers and um but they shoot really cool artistic type work you know and so you know i've seen the whole gamut of things mm-hmm. you know just i tell people at the end of the day you know if you're having fun with it then you've you've already won the game mm-hmm. you know it's the game is not to <laughs> I always find it funny when you go anywhere and um, back then it used to be, I don't know if it's worse, but you know, you go out there and somebody who's been shooting for a couple of years is still kind of a little intimidated by other people and they might go out to, let's say a wedding and they might see somebody with a nicer camera setup, and they might be a little intimidated. They might put their camera away because it's like, oh, you're only using a crop camera or whatever. I'm like, dude, you don't have to be intimidated. Like I know tons of amazing photographers using Rebels in the kit lens, you know, and I know tons of photographers I know so many photographers that have really expensive, like top of the line, everything, Hanging just all over everything. The <laughs> and they are the worst photographers, you know, and they still love to do like selective color when they edit. And it's like, bro, what are you doing with your life? But, you know, well, I remember I felt like kind of uh, uh, there was a wedding I shot and it's when I started going more. I started going. I'm, I'm pretty minimalist on, on my setup, especially in the summer. I have my camera. I have like a 35 I don't have a strap. I don't have anything on it. You know, I just, it's easy. And, uh, but every once in a while, there's still like a family member there that's got like, you know, the big telephoto lens and they got the battery pack on their camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I look at my camera and I'm like, Who, who's the pro here? You know, <laughs> should I have that set up? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and that's just what's funny about gear. I, I just like in my, in my experience, like all my interns at my shop know at the time, if I say, go get me a camera in the beginning, they used to go out and get me the most expensive thing. I was like, dude, dude, I'm trying to shoot. I'm just trying to shoot something really simple here. I don't need this setup. You know, I don't need a 1DS. I don't need a 1DX. You know, just go grab me a Rebel. It can even be a kit lens, whatever the case is. I said, use the right gear for the right job. You know, that means that... Um, you know, for example, if you're renting something and you're shooting headshots, do you need to be using an $8,000 system? I mean, to me, not really. Even if they're paying you tons of money, you still don't need super expensive equipment. You know, you just need to make sure that you have the right focal length, you know, that you understand lighting, um, you know, posture. I think those things are way more important. But of course, when you're starting off, you know, everyone thinks that, oh my God, your camera takes such great pictures. And it's like, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, sure. You know, it's just, you know, just people being naive. Well, I'm sure you do tons, tons of educating <laughs> at the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I used to when I when I used to be up in the front, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, I, I do the best that I can. You know, at the end of the day, I don't want to discourage people by making them seem like they're asking the wrong questions. Yeah. And I always try to encourage people to say, hey, look, uh, let's forget about the gear for now. I think it's always fun to try something new. But also people, man, just like, just take it easy. Don't worry so much about, you know, going out there and saying, oh, I need to make 500 bucks for this shoot because for whatever reason, you know, like I need, I need to survive or whatever the case is. And if that's the case, I always tell them like, look, it doesn't matter what camera stuff you're using. Just understand what you're using and just use it to the best of, you know, of your capabilities. Of course, that's usually very limited at that, at that point. 
But you know, whenever customers come in, and this is the reason why I couldn't be in the front of the shop anymore because I'll see somebody and I'll talk to them for two hours. <laughs> and then as I'm going into the back, somebody else comes in and it's another two hours. And by the time the day's over, I've gotten like five minutes of like real back-end work done. Yeah. <laughs> and so when people start seeing me less and less, they're like, is Drew on vacation again? I'm like, if you call accounting and like business stuff, you know, like... You know, or you have to stop yourself too, huh? Because I've been in there and I'm yeah. like, Drew's car's outside. <laughs> and I know he hears my voice. <laughs> but he's not coming out right now. <laughs> it's And you you can imagine like me, because I'm an extrovert. I love yeah. talking to people. I, you know, when, when I had to first give up the, the front to pro, like it hurt me because I was like... <laughs> talking to people you know but like there's other stuff that I had to do and so um it made it tough for me to like manage the business when you're just up in the front chatting with all your friends yeah. you know and so so i had to make some hard decisions and it sucks because when we have new customers coming in like i don't know who they are i don't know what their yeah. name is i don't know anything about them and they just you're now used to that you're yeah like, used to know everybody <laughs> yeah exactly i knew everybody yeah. you know and now it's just like oh you know it's just i'm very you know, if I see them and I'm walking out, they don't know who I am. So it's like, you know, I'm a stranger. And so it's 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 a strange feeling, but I feel like I put in a good, you know, five years of me really, you know, connecting. Like, that was one of the biggest things, too. Like, you know, videographers have it. You guys have it so, I don't want to say easy, but you guys have it so <laughs> cool, meaning that you guys are like this symphony. Yeah. You meet a, somebody else who does video and you're like, oh, my God, you do sound? I'm a cinematographer. We should get together. We should make our videos better. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I'm a producer. I'm a director, right? But photographers are not like that. <laughs> photographers do everything. You know, they direct, yeah. art direct. They're cinematographers. You know, they do all of this stuff. And when they meet another photographer, they're usually like either intimidated or they put on this, you know, a show of force or, you know, they, they, they like to flex because it's like, you know, photographers for the most part, they're like lone wolves. You know what I'm saying? They do things by themselves. Yeah. And so when I used to do photography, it was hard for me to connect with other photographers because people weren't that willing to open up. Yeah. And this is before like Facebook groups and all that stuff was around. You know, it's hard to connect with people. And the shop really allowed me to do that and say, hey, look, like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. Like, we can still we can still be friends. Like, you're a photographer. I'm a photographer. You do weddings. I do weddings. We could still be friends like you know you know we're competitors but still like you know you could be hitting about different segment of the market than i am you know what i'm saying like there's no need to you know to be angry and flex and do all those things when you know to compete you know and but and well you still come from like an era where there you know it was before like digital took over with photography so mm -hmm. you know a lot of those old school photographers it was that was their business you know and, and they, they made something of it sure but like when i came in it was a little bit after that it was when it was really growing yeah so that the what made me fall in love with the photography was the fact that you know because i came from the film industry and i didn't like it at all it was super competitive mm. everybody hated on each other oh, or wow. at least the way i saw it yeah, yeah. you know and uh and when I did photography, like photographers loved photographers, you know, it was something oh, we all had in common and I, that's how I saw it, mm. you know, when I, but I also started working at the photo studios. I was surrounded by photographers. Got it. And so all we did was talk photography all day. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. Huh. Like, I can show like, you know, a crappy photo I took and everyone was like, man, that looks pretty cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just took it on my, you know, Motorola razor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, but I see, you know, your era is a little different where you still had people that didn't, weren't open it. 
as man. Well you know, I saw kind of the last of the analog years yeah. moving into digital. And, um, you know, when I was in college, um, I was in the dark room for half the day. You know, people think they weren't, you know, they did dark room stuff. When I was in Irvine, you know, we had as seniors and stuff, we had our own like dark room. And I was in the dark room for like 12 hours at a time. I was literally getting high off chemicals <laughs> in the dark room all the time, you know. And I was such a perfectionist. Like, if a, if I can look at this, you know, let's say I did a portrait or a landscape. In the time, you know, on my little film, in the top corner, I can see that tiny, bitty speck of dust. Like, dust. Oh, my God. I had, ugh. Oh, I hate dust. I hate you, dust. <laughs> I hate you and all your family. <laughs> Die. Dude, dust is like, you know, when you're doing film and you're developing and a piece of dust lands on your on your film, it's game over. You know, it's just uh, stuff like that killed me. Of course, yeah. with Photoshop, it's much easier. And, you know, I don't have to, you know, stab myself, you know, trying to think about how I ruined this piece. You know, there's always, you know, in the whole entire role of 36, yeah. there's always that your most favorite shot that had the film. That's, and that's the one. That's the one. I had one of my, my, uh, my niece, Jasmine, at the time. She was like six months. And I you know, it was my favorite portrait of her. Yeah. And the dust had cut into her eye. <laughs> and I was like, no way. Are you serious? And yeah, that, that I'm going to come after you, dust. <laughs> well, now you have Photoshop. So. <laughs> yeah, now you have Photoshop. Yeah, so take that, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, so at the shop, like when... when you know, when you educate people on the cameras and all that stuff, when they're ready to buy their cameras, like what, what advice do you give them? You know, it, it always comes down to budget to yeah. me. I think ultimately now there's so much selection. You know, I love what Fuji's doing. I love what Olympus is doing. I love all these like smaller, like B-rated companies or even C-rated companies, what they're doing with smaller sensors. Like Fuji's doing like amazing stuff. Their X-T2s and their pro, um, their, their pro camera setups have been outstanding and they have lenses now that are much smaller and um, smaller form factors and I love those cameras they are awesome if I did street photography or even portrait work I would be using Fuji's all day every day they're you know the 56 1.2s man that thing is a fantastic setup man we it have is. a friend who's switched over completely to oh, nice. Fuji the X I to shoot weddings yeah nice and I mean as far as like quality, his stuff hasn't changed. It's right. just as great, of course. you know. But when he shows off like the the little benefits from shooting with the with the Fuji, they're awesome. Like the continuous shooting, like it's completely quiet. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and, and the Sony's are doing. You know, the mirrorless. You know, there comes the whole debate of you know mirrorless and analog yeah. and you know DSLRs and stuff. But you know, um, I'm old school. I mean, I'm considered old school. I come from film cameras. I know a lot of people say they did the film, but like I did film for like you know. Four years. But where did I, you really do film? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Me and film? God. You know, when I was broken in college, I spent so much money buying photo paper. Like, I mean, for those three years, I've probably spent $15,000 just blowing on film and paper. Like, because I was in, a, in my own chemicals. Yeah. And it just, it was so expensive. You know, film is so expensive. People think digital is expensive. Good Lord. But, you know, the quality that you get from analog film and stuff, it's it's tremendous. You know, the thing I don't get nowadays is um, when people shoot film and, you know, they do a scan. You know, it, it now it becomes digital. You don't really go along the, you don't go the full process of analog where you're yeah. using a larger and you use photo paper and you get to actually see the, yeah. the exquisite details of the analog process. 
you know and so you know whether it's kind of just a hipster process or whatever the case is it's it's cool i guess but to me like it's it's not the full it's not the full run that you're doing yeah. you know it's a partial run so i don't know i'm not in tune with all of that stuff i think it's cool regardless i think film cameras are just cool and they sound cool they feel cool yeah that's the reason i'm into like older cars because the way newer cars and older cars are made they're completely different and cameras today are the same way you know they're a lot more you know muted they're not as you know analog and clicky and you know metals and it's just it's different it's all completely different well, it was so. a whole com- it was like an entire experience when you shot sure. the film it was it yeah. was definitely yeah. an experience for sure yeah. yeah totally different now by the way this is cool i feel way more relaxed on sound than on video for sure because <laughs> i'm not saying uh 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 hey all right guys hello and you're not looking at, at your face the yeah. whole time <laughs> I am still staring at your pimple, though. <laughs> Keep your eyes up, buddy. You know, I've been doing photography for so long, you know, since I've been doing digital photography since 2003, mm-hmm. beginning of t- the top of 2003. So now I'm in, you know, 15 years. And I feel like, I've, you know, I'm almost like numb to it because I've, d- I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. But now that I started video like for in, in August of 2017, so I'm very new to video. Yeah. Whew, I gotta tell you, bro, it is... It's a whole new world. It's a learning curve. It's a whole new world. And and it's it's exciting at the same time because, you know, you're starting fresh yeah. and you have all these ideas. But it's intimidating, too, because you're just like you're, you get frustrated because of the caliber of which I where I want to be. Like, I want to be there right now. And it's frustrating because I have to learn all the little basic stuff that I don't know how to do. Yeah. And, of course... Thank you, YouTube. Because <laughs> when I started photography back then, like YouTube wasn't around. So yeah. I tell all my interns now, like, I was like, dude, they're like, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't reach you the other day, this and that. I'm like, are you guys serious? You can learn anything on YouTube, <laughs> yet you guys can't, you know, you guys are crying, you couldn't reach me or whatever the reason. I was, I was like, man, I had to learn everything by myself back then through books and just trial and error. Yeah, there's no Google. There's no Google. There's, no there's nothing. <laughs> there's like, you know, like there was Google, but like there wasn't enough like, like content out there yeah. you know for you to watch and just a bunch of old books and stuff you know from the 70s and stuff and it's just <laughs> terrible and for me nowadays with video like on premiere or whatever I, if i don't if i need to learn how to do a certain type of cut just google it and it's just like like it can oh. be very specific yes <laughs> and you're just like omg and it's like three in the morning where even if you had buddies that that were amazing they're yeah. sleeping so i'm like i need to know the answer right now at 3 a.m and nobody's awake and so it's perfect for that where you're just like, yes, like yeah. I have the answer. You can yeah. watch a, you know, a 10 minute video and you're like, yes, I need. I have a friend who does uh, toy photography mm-hmm. and he, he texts me and he's like, hey, can you put, do you know how to put like a lightsaber, like, like a glowing yeah. lightsaber yeah. on a photo? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, I didn't know, but I was like, yeah, sure. I can go figure it out. And he sent me the photo and I just typed it in to YouTube. <laughs> and, and not only did, not only are there like a million videos on how to do it. But you also have the option. I chose the how to put a lightsaber on a photo in one minute. Oh, <laughs> you know, wow. and I was like, click. Yes. And sure enough, I was just like, pause, do that, play, pause, do that. Oh, got it. I never have to watch the video again. It was it's, so easy. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, I remember back, actually, back in the day, they used to have those like Linda programs where you can mm-hmm. what, buy DVDs. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I am those things. It's like I'm at church. Yeah. You have an old like a priest that's talking to you and he's doing a homily and you're just like you know you're rocking the boat because you're just like oh my god i'm so sleepy that's that's how it would be with those linda videos just like oh my god i don't and you know you're just like god they're so terrible you know and so 
Um, but that's what's great. I think that if you want to learn something nowadays, business, photography, uh, how to snorkel, anything, um, how to pet a <laughs> guinea pig, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it, bro. Like, everything. if you have an excuse, then you just have an excuse. You yeah. know, if you want to do something, just do it. That's what's crazy about how you can learn everything online now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm curious about how the future is for like education. You know. Well, you know, you know, that's a whole other massive topic for me that I'm very passionate about, you know, and so... Maybe we shouldn't um, go into yeah, that. Yeah, let's not go into that. We'll definitely go tangent. All right, what's uh, what's in your wedding kit? Mm, do you still shoot weddings? I do not. Uh, you know what? I may shoot one wedding a year when, <clears throat> excuse me, I have like, let's say a friend of a friend who's like, dude, I want you to shoot my wedding, this and that. Um, and I still get a couple of inquiries. I might do one to three weddings a year. Um, I don't want to kind of lose it completely because if I ever just become completely broke, knock on wood, that um, that I'll still have that skill set, you know. And so I still keep up with it when I can, but for the most part, I don't. You know, my if I was to think of if somebody's here listening to this and say, "Hey, look, what does Drew use for his most basic kit setup?" I would use this. Um, I'll, you know, five D threes are pretty cheap nowadays. I mean, you can get them for like twelve hundred bucks, I think. Get a five D three. Get my my favorite lens under 150 bucks, bar none, <clears throat> and I was talking with this with my buddy last night about this, is the 51.8 STM. That lens is like 120 bucks. Oh, and brand new. And brand new. <laughs> that motor, because you know the 51.4 USM. I hate that lens. Like optics, great lens. Motor breaks all the time. That USM, the micro USM motor, terrible. And Canon's never updated it. And then on the other side, you have the 52.5 macro, which is my very first lens that I bought. And I actually remember the date that I bought it in Fullerton. It was January 2nd, 2003. It was 123. You, um, you didn't even have to look that up. I didn't have to look it up. Because you know what? <laughs> actually, that receipt's on my desk at, at IE Photo Rentals. And I, and I tell all the kids, like, this is like one memento that I have. Like when I first bought, it was like 200 and some bucks yeah. and it was so expensive for me. But I still have that lens. I have two of them. They're broken. Those motors also suck, Canon. I don't know what it is with 50 millimeters and motors breaking. But the um, that motor's broken. But it's because it's a manual lens, you yeah. want to shoot manual anyways. Um, and so, and then the 51.2, which they still haven't updated. And, and you know, the 51.2, I have a, I have a mainly hate relationship with it. You know, a little bit of love, but mainly hate on it. Um, there's a lot of shortcomings of that lens, mainly chromatic aberration. When I used to shoot stock for Getty and I stock, uh, chromatic aberration was a huge problem. And that lens is very soft, open, wide, and whatnot. And when I use the 51.8, literally, to me, that's Canon's best 50 out there. No matter, I mean, outside of Sigma's uh, R50, the Canon 51.8 STM to me is outside of any price that you could pay is the best lens that Canon makes. So the 5D3 and 3 Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. But I, I'm saying like you should start off with a 50 just because 50 is, is just such a great universal lens if you just want to go anywhere and shoot yeah. with something. But for me, at the most basic, I would shoot with nowadays the 35 1.4 Mark One is very cheap or the Sigma 35 1.4 is pretty cheap. Um, I would go with the 5D3 and a 35 and call it a day if you want to go with the absolute lightest setup i would also do some off-camera lighting for reception halls you know young no young newell young newell young new young, young, new, new. <laughs> young you know the chinese look guys 
get an American dictionary. And this is coming from an Asian guy, right? So don't say I'm racist and stuff. Okay? I hate everyone equally, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, in China, please, if you um, just hire some guy like on Fiverr and say, hey, look, we want to start a company. We need a name. He will go and say, hey, look, how about um, Holding? That's a good name. Young Nuo, which is a translation of whatever you know language you guys are speaking, doesn't translate to English very well. So it's like very complicated when you guys can just open up an English dish, yeah. dictionary and just point at a word, and that will still be a better name for your company than whatever you guys are translating. You have over. to retype it into Amazon exactly. to try to find the stuff. <laughs> oh man! I think it's Young Now. Young, young Now, Young, young new. new. It's like, bro. There's, there's some silent letters in there. Exactly. You know that company out there called a, a newer. You know this yeah. newer with an extra e. Yeah. At least that one still looks like a word you can still identify with, yeah. right? But if you tell somebody, yeah, yeah go buy a Young New, and you're like, uh, yeah, how do you even spell that? I'm like, I don't know, bro. Just. <laughs> So I would say go an off-camera setup. You can buy those so cheap nowadays. You could probably buy a transmitter and two off-cameras for maybe 150 bucks or cheaper. Dude, they're great. I have I have a Canon uh, a Canon Speedlight, and then I have the Young New, and it and it connects with it. There you go. It's fantastic. Yeah, just yeah. just set that up on two light stands, and just understand lighting. Of course, education is more important than the gear that you are using. Please understand this. It is not gear-based. It is skill-based. I tell that to every one of my customers. All my interns, I burn into their head. Uh, make sure you know how to stop uh, or read your F-stops. Make sure you know how to read light. That's so important. Here we go real quick. 1.0, 1.4, 2.0, 2.8, 4, 5, 6, 8, 11, 16, 22. Memorize that. Absolutely. You must have to memorize how to count full stops. And do not test me on that. <laughs> it's so funny. Every time I test interns, dude, they literally start sweating. They get so much anxiety because I'm like, okay, how many stops is it from 2.8 to 8.0? And they're like, oh, God, I feel I'm like, like I'm back in school. I could probably name like four of those. <laughs> you know what? It's so important. But funny enough, most, I know a lot of photographers have been shooting for a lot of years and most of them still don't know how to count their F stops. And it's, you know, let alone, you know, not even their half stops, but their full stops they don't know how to do. You know, at the end of the day, it's, is it vital to me? Yes. You know, to other photographers, it might not be so much. But just in general, um, those are things that are very important to me, like understanding skill set, understanding how to read light, um, measure light, how to understand focal lengths, sensor sizes, um, you know, uh, placement postures, how to, you know, connect with your subjects. To me, all of those things are way more important than, you know, the camera that you're using. And so, um, and of course, most people don't realize that until they've been shooting long enough. And that's the reason today, like, you know, you have guys making YouTube videos. They're like, oh, I shot that on my iPhone. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, obviously you were able to connect with that person because it's your girlfriend yeah. or your best friend. <laughs> so you will laugh the moment you say hello, you know, and it's just like, bro, it's too easy. You got to take a stranger and, and connect with them, you know. And so, and depending on what type of photography you're doing, of course, and that leads to a whole other conversation. But that's uh, what I learned with the, the Canon D30, man. Yes, it's only been 3.1 megapixels. Don't forget that point one. <laughs> <laughs> it was that much more. No, but like you, you know, I had no choice but to completely learn that camera. Yep. Like this is what I have to work with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I actually started making money with that camera, but, you know, 
your your clients don't really know cameras and stuff. They sure. just, they're just trusting your work that they already sure. saw and you as a person and your confidence. And I think those, you know, like you said, those are the important things, like the skill set. Right, right. You know, that you pick up. You know, I used to have, when I did this job, like, a couple years ago, I showed up to the job with literally just, just a basic setup. It must have been, like, a 60D and 1755. And the guy was trying to grill me on gear. And I was like, I kind of give him this look. I was like, look, you're going to debate the wrong guy. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. Like, I'll do just fine with this. You know, he wanted some web stuff. And I was like, look, I'm not going to pull out some crazy high-end stuff for you because you don't think this is adequate enough. You know, like, you know, you hired me for a reason. Like, don't debate me on gear because you will lose all day, every day. You know, Has and, he not, did he not see that beforehand? <laughs> that's the thing with people. They're just like, well, I heard, you know, my brother, my brother's photographer, and he says that like you should at least be using a full frame, this and that. I'm like, wow, bro, like, trust me, this is for web. Anything beyond four megapixels is more than enough. You know, it's yeah. just like, you know, plain and simple. Nowadays, like, you can't even find a camera that low. You know, and so. Rebels 3.1 I still have it (laughs) and you should keep those you know downstairs I have a um my buddy he used to have these classic the one the classic Canon 1D yeah which was was a pretty amazing camera back then I actually started using it because I told him I was like man I remember these cameras they're so iconic and I started using it and I was like okay now I know why I can't use this camera today because it's there's a lot of shortcomings in, in the type of work that I do yeah. that I can't use that camera for but for fun like going out and stuff it's still a cool camera it yeah. sounds great um, it's a CCD sensor so the type of look that you get is a little different from all the CMOS sensors now but um you know, so an old camera, but still a cool camera. You know. Just... So, so what's uh, what's your take on like uh, crop versus full frame? Well, I mean, obviously, if if you had to choose, you know, full frame is obviously obviously the way to go. The, yeah. the main reason why is because I love using um, lenses for which they were intended for. So, using a fifty four fifty instead of fifty four and eighty five. Mm-hmm. You know, those things are really really important to me because you start getting into. Uh, minimal focus distances um, and so the way the the lenses were designed is now just been altered by the way it's been cropped you know and so if you're trying to use an 85 1.2 you can obviously get in much tighter than you would on a crop where you would have to be backed up and because of that magnification if you're shooting at 1.2 if you want that really really shallow depth of field you have to shoot on full frame you know and so those are the main things why um, I love it and of course you know pixel density and all that stuff if we're really getting technical but you know, at the end of the day, I'll still use a crop sensor, you know, regardless. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter, but if I'm doing something that I really care about, of course, I would want to have, yeah. you know, the highest level stuff. And now they're making lenses, like, geared for crop sensors, yeah. too, yeah, right? Because yeah. before, more. I didn't see that as often. Right. You know, I remember when I had my crop in the, what was it, the 17 to 55? Eight, well, the the stuff. kit lens? No, it was, yeah, the seventy fifty five. So that's the, that's the, they still but have it was the same like lens. it was a two point eight. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw that, that was like big for me. You know exactly. Yeah, and I still use that lens. I have the C one hundred Mark II there somewhere. Oh, it might be downstairs, but you know that one has a seventeen fifty five on it. Uh, you know, one of the, my buddies I just met recently. He when he first met me, I was using the C one hundred Mark II with the seventeen fifty five, and he walked up to me. and He goes, "Dude, why are you using that lens?" And I was like, "Bro." Well, I don't know because it fits what I'm <laughs> needing it for, and you know. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an irrelevant question, yeah. you know. And I'm using because I'm using it. Yeah. It's just 
you know if my video sucks it's because of my skill set not because of the gear set it's it's almost hard to answer those those questions you know i get approached at a wedding every once in a while and like someone will you know just just to someone there will ask me like why are you using that lens you know what lens you should be using you should be using this lens and i'm like okay (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you know or even if it's a good lens that they you know that they mention it's still like well you know it's not not using the wrong lens <laughs> right you know it's it's i mean i always relate things back to cars but it's it's like you know debating why a um a mustang is better than a camaro it's like well, i mean they're not you know it's i mean that argument is never ending it's just like well it's i mean like is canon better than nikon i mean you know i think so yes. but nikon, <laughs> but you know yes. of course all the nikon guys are like no what are you talking about you know it's just it, that debate it's not a debate it's just like it's, it's just it's preference you know and so so at what point uh you know someone gets their their low budget kit and they're just starting out at what point should they upgrade um, I always say you need to upgrade when you find and you reach your limitation of that gear on a constant basis. Okay, so for example, let's say you're always shooting high ISO and you're using a lousy camera like a, a T3. I'm not trying to dog T3, but you're not going to use a T3 on low light situations all the time. And if you are, it's just it's not what it's capable of doing. You know what I'm saying? You want to use something that's capable of low light. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, there are ways around it. If you use a T3... And you're just like, hey, look, I don't have money to upgrade. I don't have that type of money. Well, go out and buy a set of the Young Newell, Young Newell. <laughs> <laughs> go buy an off-camera you know, setup. Learn how to use off-camera yeah. lighting. And that way you can make up for lack of light. Yeah. And I always tell people this. The biggest thing about gear that you have to understand is that you pay more money for things that you don't have access to, which is... Um, oh, let me rephrase that. You pay more money for not having enough light you know photography means uh, paint with light and so when there's less light you have to spend more money in order to make up for the lack of light so why would you buy a 35 1.2 or well let's say why would you use a 35 1.4 over using a 35 on your 2470 2.8 well because you're going to gain two stops of light you know what I'm saying? And if you're always shooting low light, like wedding photographers have it the worst because they have to be able to shoot in any condition, you know, candlelight. And it, and it changes drastically. And it, oh man. Oh, honey, you know what? We should have a really romantic reception. <laughs> we should just have like, you know, 300 candles. It'll just be so romantic. I could just see your face with three candles around our table. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like the worst way for a photographer. You're just like, uh, every picture is black. Yeah. And it is, you know, the noise level is yeah. absolutely insane, you know? But no, my favorite thing, should, should I turn on these lights? <laughs> <laughs> should I turn these lights on? No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and you know what, wedding photographers. When I, you know, when I was doing it all the time, like you got to problem solve all the time because something can come up. You know, rain, light, crazy people, Uncle Bob's. You know, when I was in the Philippines, when my wife's aunt was getting married, oh, I cannot believe this. This is the worst thing ever. So we went as guests. There was this long procession hall, and I kid you not, people were in the aisle with their iPhones. This is so insane, and then. The bride, my wife's cousin's bride, her aunt was directing the people walking down the aisle. She's like, stop, 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 stop. I didn't take your picture yet. So on her iPhone, as she's pinching, you know, she's zooming in, right? And as you know, the longer the focal length, the more stabilization you need. 
So as she's zooming in, she's taking super blurry photos and she's ruining <laughs> the entire wedding. And I'm just looking at her like, what the F? How much did that hurt to watch? Oh, dude. <laughs> and, and you know, and we're in the Philippines and we're watching her. I wanted to yell at her like, dude, are you retarded? <laughs> like, that's a real question. Like, and then, and when other lemmings see what she's doing, then everybody else is in the aisle. So what happens is, since you can't see... In the because of the person in front of you, you lean out to the right even more, yeah, right? And yeah. the person behind you does it even more. And now on both sides, nobody can even walk through the hall yeah. or the aisle because it's blocked. <laughs> and then how are you telling the bride to stop? Do you realize your 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 groom, the groom couldn't even see the bride because he, the line of sight was gone. And it's like you just ruined their wedding. <laughs> Everybody, all you guys. Meanwhile, I was taking a couple pictures. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did not take any pictures. I was just like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, but you had the telephoto. <laughs> I had the telephoto. I had the telephoto. You were the Uncle lens. Bob. <laughs> you know, this stuff like that just kills me. You know, I, and there's that big debate about like how much, like when I go to weddings, um, I might just take one photo just to document the fact that I was there. You know, like my, the photos on my phone is, is like a journal, right? I might go and take one picture and I'll put it away because... You know, in that moment, you're taking photos. You're, I'm, I feel like I'm working. You know what I'm saying? And it takes away from the moment of me being in that time, in that space. Like when I'm on vacation, I never take my camera around. People are like, why aren't you shooting? Because I'm like, I don't know. Maybe because I want to take in the environment and just hang out with my wife and my son. That's why. If I'm lugging around a camera, like... I feel like, oh, I, you know, I need to compose this right. Yeah. I need my tripod. Oh, why I don't have my polarizer? Yeah. You know, oh, oh, the wrong focal length. And it's just like, it ruins, it ruins that moment. But at the same time, you want to document it. Yeah. So, you know, it's that give and take. And that's the reason why I like cameras like Fuji's and stuff. Because you can, you know, have a professional, you can have a professional type setup in a much smaller compact system yeah. and still kind of get the best of both worlds. So it's, it's definitely hard to see that at weddings because like, like you said, you understand both sides. Everybody wants to document. But at some point, you know, the, the couple, they invited you there because they want you there. Right. To, to experience and, their wedding yeah, and, you know, enjoy it, it with them. And it sucks because those people are excited and they want pictures, you know, because they're never going to get pictures from the yeah. photographer. That goes to the bride and groom. And so, I mean, unless there's, there's a gallery that they pay for and it goes up and they share it. But most of the time that's not going to happen. So I understand why they do what they do. But still at the same time, man, like... Man, well, when just, you have a pile of people in yeah, the middle dude. of the aisle. And that's know. the worst I've ever seen. And, of course, I haven't really seen that in the States. But in the Philippines, it was much different. And I think on her side, they were Chinese. Yeah. Uh, his his um, his wife is Chinese. And so, you know, all their, their family from China came. And it just, I guess things are much different in China. Yeah. But, man, I just, I could not believe it. But I've seen weddings in the U.S. where, you know, just everyone's got their camera out. And it's just like, dude, as long, if I was a bride walking down the aisle, like, I want to see. I remember when I got married in 2006. You know, it wasn't as bad because phones weren't that developed. Yeah. Like, when I remember walking um, into the church, like, seeing, you know, recognizing faces, like, my friends and, yeah. like, people I knew. That's why you were there, right? And it's like looking at you, like, yo, what's yeah. up? Yo, what's up? You know, like, but nowadays, you're just, all you're seeing is the back of someone's phone. Yep. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's, that's a real thing. And so, like, you know, I, you know. I, it, it doesn't bother me to a certain extent because, I mean, we're, we're getting used to it. Like, everybody's got a phone That's now. a shame. But, but uh, like, the worst case I saw was a wedding where I was helping shoot. But um, the whole front row on both sides, they were all Facebook living the wedding. Wow. And what was even worse is they're Facebook living it, right? 
So they're not taking pictures. They could still be enjoying the wedding. They're staring at the the wedding through their phone rather than, you know, five feet in front of them. And it was an intimate wedding. It was close. We were like this close. And they're and it's like this. Seriously, they were like this. That's crazy. Nobody was looking at the couple and I was like that like that hurt me. Like like I feel really bad for them. I know their their family loves them, but that was that was really bad. That's it's crazy, man. The world is definitely shifting, man. It's definitely changing for sure. So uh so what uh what are you focusing on right now? You're not doing weddings. No, I've I've not shot weddings for like professionally yeah. since uh two thousand six. Yeah. Yeah. So um I shot stock um for for about eight years. And in 2012, there was a lot of turmoil and politics with the companies that I was out, that I was with, and I got out. I was just like, you know what? It's not sustainable for me to do this, and then I ended up getting to other stuff. And it was a good move because a lot of stuff went down the wrong hole. And um, ever since then, you know, I was concentrating on. At that point, I, I think I became less of a photographer, and I started concentrating on just being a businessman. Um, and started growing different businesses. Um, I still dabble with photography, of course, because it's, it's something that I'm passionate about. But ever since I got back into it, I would say in 2016 is when I kind of really kind of got back into it. Um, starting to shoot for myself for fun. And when I started doing that, like I started to really love photography again because for so long I was doing it for a living. And then I'm surrounded by gear all the time. You know, when when you're not surrounded by gear, everyone's like, oh my God, this is so cool, all this stuff. But I'm just like, I see this stuff all the time, right? Like all my buddies that work at car shops, you know, when they see cars, they're just like, uh, you know, when I see cars, when I'm there, I'm like, oh my God, look at this, you know, look at this, uh, this crazy NSX or this 911 and whatnot. And they're just like, yeah, you know, I see this stuff all day. So for me, when I got back in as an enthusiast, I felt like, oh man, like, I need to go out and kind of discover who I am as a photographer again. So going out there, just understanding like light and how to be a better editing machine. You know, I think that editing is super important. And so I started dabbling a lot more. Um, what am I doing in terms of photography? I don't know. I'm just doing things that's just fun. Like I'll go out and just, you know, just, you know, I started going out on these photo walks and meets and just meet new people and stuff. And those things are kind of weird. I feel very disconnected with those groups because they're very young. Um, and they do a lot of street type photography, which is, you know, which is cool, but it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, but then I started, you know, I, you know, I'm very, you know, anybody who knows me knows how deeply passionate I am about cars. And so I started kind of shooting cars just for fun. Um, and I've been doing cars for, for over 10 years, but just kind of on and off. But I started getting more serious as my network in the car community started to grow. And so now my major thing is 911 cold, which is 911cooled.com. Please check it out. And I'm also on Instagram, so just plugging myself. <laughs> Drew for the plug. <laughs> so basically now I'm just concentrating on Porsche 911s. Yeah. Um, now I'm doing uh, YouTube, which is, once again, uh, very strange for me because I'm not any photographer. I, if if you ever try to shoot a photographer, <laughs> shooting their portrait is the it's the craziest thing because every photographer s like screams in front of the camera and in front of the lens. They're just like, it's so awkward, right? <laughs> we secretly want to be in front of the camera, but as soon as you turn the camera towards us, we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I, <laughs> I, but I don't want to be in front of the camera. <laughs> Every single photographer, I love shooting photographers because I love seeing them awkward, you yeah. know. And so, um, for me, I've shot I've shot a handful of photographers, and it's always fun for me. But 
you know, when, when it's me, I used to tell people the reason why I hate having my photo taken is because I question the validity of that photographer. My thing is like, is he using the right f-stop? Is he using the right, <laughs> is he using the right settings? Why is he using that lens? Because I'm thinking like, you know, is he why, capable? Why is he using that 17 to 55? <laughs> so why is he, enough. God, what is this guy doing? <laughs> so my thing is like, because I'm such a technic, like because I'm so technical when it comes to shooting, I want to make sure like, is this person capable? But so if I if I trust somebody, like I know a photographer who's a r- really great photographer, then I'm like, then I don't even have to think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, cool. It's Ulysses. Uh, I know he's going to take great pictures, so I'll just be relaxed. Mm-hmm. But if it's somebody I don't know and they're taking a picture of me, like let's say, um, you know, this hasn't happened, but I'm saying like, let's say someone from a, photo- uh, from a magazine, well, not, not let's say a magazine, but let's say a friend of a friend, we're at a party and a friend of a friend is shooting like everybody there, you know, just to help out. Mm-hmm. And I'll be questioning him, like, is he capable? <laughs> you know, not looking at his gear, because I don't care about gear, yeah. but I'm like, does he know what he's doing? Yeah. And if not, at what point do I step that's in? That's the difference, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I step in and it's like, well, at what point do I um, try to help this guy out to make sure he's taking the right photo? Yeah. You know, without me sounding like a douche. Yeah. This is like, bro, nobody asked for your advice, right? <laughs> so it's like, well, okay, well, like, I don't want to be a douche, but if I can help you, I'll help you. But, you know, it's just one of those things. So nowadays, I'm just kind of like more relaxed with it because I'm like, well, whether it's a great photo or a crappy photo or whatever, you know. just So you don't school the, the younger kids I, at the Instagram. You know what? When, when <laughs> I, I, I don't. Usually because it takes so much time. And um, unless this is what it takes for me, like, and don't do this because I'm not taking on new interns or anything. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I've had a lot of interns in my life. But nowadays, if somebody comes up to me, like, if you ask me a question, I'll love to help you. But if you want to be more involved in my life and like, you know, try to be a regular intern at the time, and this is probably helping you guys find somebody who would want to mentor you, who doesn't want to mentor anybody is to say, Hey, look, um, I really like what you did with this shot. Could you please give me like one tip about how to elevate my game? And I might, you might, I might share something with you, but at the end of the day, if you are not more motivated than I am, in trying to get help, then I'm definitely not helping you. Like, if you ask me consistently, even if it's annoying, I'll just go, dude, okay, now I know this kid wants it because yeah. he's asked me multiple times. He's not giving up. So I'm going to go, okay, you know what? Forget it. Like, hold on. Let me set aside five minutes for yeah. you. Let me give you some game because you've asked me, you are insistent, right? Versus somebody who's just kind of nonchalant. It's like, yo, can you teach me every meanest secret that you know? And I'm just like, no, bro. Like, that's so cavalier the way you asked me. It's like, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to do that. Because I hate people who ask me that type of question. Hey, how'd you do, how'd you get that shot? Can you just teach me real quick? And it's like, that's not how it works. Bro, like I, it took me five minutes to edit that. It would take you probably 45 minutes to edit that because you don't know what you're doing. And so it's like, I can't teach. It's like, well, what's the meaning of life in 30 seconds? Go. And like, um, okay, that's kind of a complicated question. It's like, I don't know what you're tacos. capable of doing. Tacos, yeah. Yeah. Ta- yeah, the answer is always tacos. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for, for me, it's, it's, it's a very complicated answer, and you want the short answer of it. It's like when people ask me, it's like, yo, Drew, how'd you, um, how'd you get all the things that you have in your life? And everybody wants a quick answer, which is, yeah, so my dad's really rich, and he gave me a ton of money, and he said, go start a business. Because if my dad had tons of money, I wouldn't have started a business. I would have just been buying cars. <laughs> <laughs> so I always tell people, I was like, man, it, 
it, it came from really hard work and understanding how to grow and make money and doing all those things that anybody who's trying to grow should be doing. And so, you know, going back to the original question, which I don't know what it was because I'm turning 38 <laughs> and I have memory loss issues. And I'm, I'm surprised this has only happened this one time because normally I forget what I'm saying in mid-conversation. What's your focus right now? <laughs> okay, yeah. So how did we even get here? Good Lord. Shut up, Drew. <laughs> So now, okay, so going back to that, I'm, I'm making YouTube videos and I'm making behind the scenes uh, footage on how, uh, you know, on my photo shoots. Um, I'm doing features on car owners and, you know, if you're into cars then you know, obviously follow me. If not, then, you know, don't follow me. So that's what I'm doing. I'm following my passion. So I'm going back to photography and video now. I'm doing things that revolve around my passion versus doing, trying to make money for it. And of course, I'm trying to monetize because, you know, you should always try to monetize some way. But I'm doing things that revolve around my passion for cars completely. That's what I'm doing. What, yeah. I, what I love about following you is you're also very inspiring and you talk to your audience. You know, you're very motivational. <laughs> so I'll watch a couple of your things. I'm like, what am I doing on the couch right now? I got to get <laughs> up and do something. You, you know, know? And, 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 and thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, for me, it's always like I always feel like I don't know how much to quote unquote talk to the audience or preach or whatever it is because I'll keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And so, you know, I'll get to a point where I have to limit myself because once again, you know, it's now I'm at the point where like if people are annoyed with me, I'll just like, look, just unfollow me because now I'm <laughs> at the point where if, if there's something I need to say quickly before that, because of the shop for a long time, if anybody's known me like in college and high school, I'm a very raw dude. Like, you know, I curse like a sailor. I say what I want. I'm very Korean in that nature. But when I opened up the shop, you know, all my customer service rules came on, you know, like greet everybody, mm -hmm. you know, just be the nicest guy and be very helpful. But now that I'm not running the shop, I'm very back to how I used to be, which is very raw. And actually, my interns are in the back. I'm very raw with them because I want them to grow as fast as possible. And if I'm lying or if I'm, you know, if I'm like, you know, being what's the word i'm looking for if, if you're if you're very loving with them like they're not gonna excel as fast because you need to get to the point if they're if they're not doing something well they need to know right away so i'm i'll get to the point where i'm like no that sucks you yeah. need to redo that and here's why it sucks yeah. not just that it sucks but do this in order to make that better and they'll go oh yeah that definitely helps. it gets them thinking though exactly yeah. and so but for me um i'm the type of person that I will trust a guy who cusses versus a guy who doesn't cuss and say that I'm a Christian. Because to me, this, this, this analogy of life is kind of interesting. Like if we're in a room full of you know, people and we're all socializing and somebody comes up and goes, hey, yo, 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 guys, check it out. I just want to let you guys know something about me. Um, I'm a really funny dude. <laughs> that's, if, a, that's the best joke you need yeah, to get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you, if you come up and say that, I'm like, why does a funny guy need to say he's funny? A funny guy doesn't need to say he's funny because people are going to know he's funny. And so, and this is, you know, like, you know, uh, I love God. I love Jesus. But when somebody goes and proclaims that they're a Christian, in my experience, they've always done some shady stuff, including pastors. They'll go and say, oh, yeah, you can trust me. I'm a Christian. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then they'll go out and do something shady. I'm like, well, bro, what happened to that statement you made last week? And it's just like, Whoa, don't say you're a Christian. Just do Christian things. If you're a funny guy, just be funny. You don't have to state that you're a funny guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, 
when it comes to talking about like what I'm doing and all the things that I want to help encourage people to do, my thing is the reason why I trust a guy who's who like the guy who's kind of an asshole who says things that's on his mind. I trust that guy because he's not holding anything back. Like I already know how he feels. He doesn't like me because whatever reason. Versus the guy who's super nice and then really is judging you and saying, "I don't like this guy, but I'm just gonna act nice because I'm fake." You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it kind of goes back to this idea like you can normally read that though. You can, but there's some people who are really good at lying. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, like when I meet somebody. And I'm like, oh, this person's really nice. Like, I shouldn't say bad words around him because I don't want to taint him. And all of a sudden, I start cussing. And then he says a bad word. I'm like, oh, shoot. Can we be friends? Because <laughs> the fact that you can you can get down to my level and say, hey, look, like, I'm cool. Like, I can chill out. Like, I don't have to be uptight. I don't have to talk proper every single time mm-hmm. because I'm not a proper dude. You know, like, I like to I like to have fun. So if you're down to have fun, then I'm like, then let's let's have fun. And so, you know, going back to... You know, the ideas of um, when you're looking for someone in your life to mentor you, to look for ways to elevate your game. I always tell people, find people who are willing to tell you straight up to your face that what you're doing is inadequate. It sucks. You need to put more effort in because that's the only way you're going to elevate your game. If I tell you all the time, like let's say you work, you know, I mean, suck is a very irrelevant term, right? It's a very um, relative term. But if I say, hey, yo, Ulysses, your work sucks. And you're just like, um, or let's say, let's say your work sucked because it just sucked. But if I was like, yeah, Ulysses, your work looked really good. It's really good. And you're like, I'm going to keep doing. You're just going to keep doing what you're doing. Because you're like, oh yeah, Drew likes my work. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, when I was in art school, when I really, going back to when I was telling you guys that I really got it. When I used to do critiques, I'm only listening to the people who are really critiquing my work. When people used to come up to me all the time and go, dude, I really, I like your work. I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. You said nothing relevant to me. Right? I mean, it's nice getting compliments, but I never look for compliments because then I, can, I couldn't find ways to re- elevate my work. But if someone came up to me and said, yo, Drew, um, I saw this, um, your series that you did. I really liked what you're doing. I saw what you're doing. But why didn't you do this or do that? Or do you feel like if you added this, it could have added to your whole entire series? Then I'll be like, damn, bro. Like, you're right. If I did use a different focal length or if I brought in this light or use this color, it would have definitely elevated my work. And those are the guys that I'm looking to hang out with because they can see something that I can't see. But if everybody's walking up to me and it's like, oh, Drew, dude, you're awesome. You're great. Good work. Good job. I, was I like, imagine that's what your life is. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I get a lot of compliments in my work. But once again, like, um, you know, compliments to me are nice. But I don't, once again, because it doesn't elevate me, like, I, I don't ever just sit there and, like, on, you know, on a throne and go, yes, you must love my work. You know, I, 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 for me, it's all experimentation. Like, yeah. I get to the point where it's like, Oh yeah, I tried something. I liked it for six months. I want to try something new, and I just move on, you know. And so, you know, when when people are coming up to me, I always say, "Hey, look, if you want to spark a conversation with me, talk about how you saw something that I did, and say, hey, look, this is not only I, I yes, I liked it or loved it, but um, I also saw deeper into it. Like, because usually when I was in when I was in college, I added a lot of layers to my photos, so you can see something for a very superficial reason, but if you look further, you're like, whoa." 
I saw that one thing in the corner. Was that intentional? And I'm like, I don't know. Was it? You're like, nice. You know in your head, you're like, nice. He saw exactly. Yeah. It's like, because now they're they're looking at yeah. it and they're like, whoa. Because everything, one thing I learned in college was, in art school, was that everything is, is intentional. Or you should, like everything in your photo should be intentional. Mm-hmm. Like keep things that you want in there. So I would, that's what I would do. I would add elements that really added to the story or overall underlying story to the greater the greater shot yeah. and so when somebody would come up to me and ask me a question like that that was that was exciting because i know you really looked at my work versus saying oh man man i hope nobody got hurt <laughs> but um yeah you know those are the things that i'm engaged with because you know it, it's like when you meet somebody who's let's say on your caliber meetings a photographer who's been in the game as long as you have and can understand you can speak the same language right yeah. where they come up to you and they're like Yo, dude, did you you know shoot that at that f stop? Did you use that type of lighting? Did you use um, um, very hard light for this reason? Did you use a silver umbrella for this reason? Then you guys are actually conversating about the art versus saying, "Dude, I really like your work because it's pretty." Okay, um, thank you. You know, like when you know, like when my mom will come up to me, or like another old person will come up to me and say, "Well, oh, I really like your work. It's pretty." I was like, um, "Thank you." You know, genuinely thank you. But um, once again. My, my thought process hasn't been elevated because I did, we didn't talk about something more serious. And that's why you go to your peers and say, hey, look, in this group of people that I understand, we have very similar um, conversations about the level of photography and where it's going. Then at that point, it's, it's, then it's exciting for me because it's like, oh yeah, definitely it could have been elevated in that fashion. Or look at this person, they're bringing on a whole new style that could be the next generation of styles. And then you're learning something. And I'm learning something too, yeah. you know? And so to me, those those conversations are exciting versus the, oh my God, everything's so great, this and that. And, so. and this is why it's exciting to talk to you. Because <laughs> you can have these conversations. And, and I think going back to that, you know, like, like you said, um, in my videos, I don't know how much to really talk about things that matter most important to me because like I'm very passionate about the views that you know that I have and so you know and, and going back to the shop I was saying like you know I was you know very soft in nature and like I wanted to please everybody but now that I'm not doing that no more now I'm like look uh, if you don't like me pff, all right unfollow me like I don't I don't care like if, if this is this is what I have to say and if, if whether you like it or not that's fine but let's let's conversate about it. Like my thing is like I I I'm a big I'm in big opposition with yes men. Like I don't ever surround myself with a bunch of yes men saying, "Hey, look, guys, you guys are all my interns. Make sure anytime I ask you something, you always go yes, sir, or I like it because you like it." All my interns know that. They I'm so specific. You need to speak up. If you don't like something, tell me. Tell me. I want to hear it. Like, don't walk around feeling intimidated by me or by anybody else. I always tell people, I was just like you at your age, if not more confused. You, you have a mentor. You have me, you have a pro, you have all these people. I didn't have anybody in my life. All through college, I was confused. That's the reason why I changed my major like six times. And so when I look at young kids nowadays, they're just like, oh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, this and that. I was like, look, I was way worse than you. I didn't have any support in that, in that realm emotionally. But look where I am today. And I was like, what you guys, when I look back at you guys, if you guys really want this, you guys will be way beyond anything that I have or my knowledge or any of that at my age. I'm, people always confuse me because I'm about to turn 38 
and people think I'm 25 or 26 because you know I'm, I'm a young little Asian kid, you know. And so <laughs> you got that soft baby skin. Soft baby skin, <laughs> yes. So I think I always I always remind people like my interns. I'm like, do you realize I'm more than twice your age because they're 18 or 19 years yeah. old? I'm like, dude, I'm more than twice your age. And so they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. You could be their grandpa. Yeah, I could be. <laughs> yes, oh, I'm a rocking chair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know those skills are important to learn because. Yeah, I mean, you need those, especially if, like if you want to uh, get into wedding photography, you're running a business. Sure. And sure. you don't want your clients walking all over you. Yes. You have to run your business. Yes. You yes. Know? You have to shot the, you have to call the shots. Mm-hmm. But not just with your clients, but in life in general. You know, like do something that you want to do. Not because somebody told you, not your parents, not your teachers, not your pastor, not your wife, not your mother in law, not your neighbor, you know, not your dog. Everyone's got an opinion. Everybody. But you got to follow, like, what's right in your heart. Like, that's all I've ever done. That's what Napoleon Dynamite did, and he did very well. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> so that's all I ever do in life. And, and every single time I've done, I've, you know what? I've, I've been lucky in my life where I've done a lot of things pre-boom, meaning that before a lot of people got into it. I've, usually, I would say timing is one of my best skills. Because the moment I feel for something, I'll just go for it, even if there's not a lot of people doing it. And then eventually, then people catch on at a later time. You know, I've done that almost all my life. And I've done pretty well with it because I feel like if it's something that I care about, I'll just do it without having the approval of everybody in my circle, my parents, everybody. You know, it's, that's irrelevant to me. It's like if I find passion in it, I'm, I'm going, bro. Like, that's just who I've always been. That's like really good to hear too. Yeah. People and need I, to hear, need and, to hear and I'm glad, you know, even after five years to see you and your elevation in game. And I always t- t- tell this to a lot of my customers that come in, like, you know, um, you know, Amy Celeste is one of our good customers at the shop. And I remember she was a, she was a stay at home mom just shooting her kids and stuff. And I remember at a certain point, and this is not just Amy, but there's Loretta's and all these other customers we've had that there are a point, you know, when you come in, obviously you're very amateur, um, and I always tell people, like, keep shooting, just keep shooting. At a certain point around the two, two and a half, or three-year mark, like, I always see the blossoming. And I always hit them up the moment I see it. I, as soon as I see it consistently, I'll call them up and go, yeah, that moment in your life where everything's going to change, that's that point right now. Your, your work has elevated to a whole new level. Your style, your understanding, all that stuff is elevated. And now you're going to be a rock star. As long as you understand how to uh, manage a business, uh, run it, and uh, customer service, all those things, market, and all those things that really set you apart from everybody else, you're going to be huge. And I've seen so many customers get to that point where they're just absolutely amazing. And it doesn't happen overnight. It (laughs) It doesn't happen overnight, for sure. You know, I see this all the time. People want it so bad. Even even with me, I'm in video four months. And like, I want to do amazing stuff right now. But you know what? I I understand there's a process. So I, you know, I realized what I wanted to do is start concentrating on like, I want to be the, I want to be a better vlogger. So I realized like, okay, I'm going to, every time I used to go on a shoot, I used to bring five cameras. This is my vlog camera. It's my cinematic camera. (laughs) It's my uh, gimbal camera. Like I have all these cameras, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, look, okay, hold on. Let me just start with the one vlogging camera. Let me try to do that well. And then work on my speech, work on, uh, you know, just holding the camera, looking at myself, which is very strange. (laughs) Let me do that well. And then let me start introducing everything else. And that's that that's where i'm at now you know and so as much as as you want i hate that car 
<laughs> it's just the worst exhaust ever. But um, he likes it, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> That's because he's deaf. <laughs> but I think I think at the end of the day, it's um, you know, as you start to elevate your work, always make sure you surround yourself by at least one, two, or three people who will always, always give you a hundred percent, meaning hundred percent of their true opinion you know saying dude that sucks you know my wife will tell me that sucks my wife it's funny enough my wife is a big fan of my work which is which is cool you know i love my wife she loves it when she sees my stuff and she's like you know i'll edit a picture i'm like whatever about it and she'll say like no i really like like this photo and i'm like okay i'll stop and listen to her. i'll stop and listen to her and go okay well i'm listening you know and and the fact that she'll say well i like it because of this reason I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I guess so. I guess there's some emotional value to that because, you know, when you shoot as a photographer, you know, you kind of disconnect yourself from the emotional state. You know, you're, you're shooting from a technical standpoint, right? Well, at least I am. You know, I'm not really an emotional shooter. So, I think that happens in, in weddings too because your mind is everywhere. Just like you said, the situation is constantly changing. Right. So you are constantly kind of thinking about that stuff. Whether, mm-hmm. You know, it's not all just creative. I feel like the people that get the most... Uh, creative art form and wedding photography are like the second shooters. Right. They don't have the yes. responsibility. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. And whenever I have somebody second shoot for me, I always yeah. tell them like, look, don't worry about the fundamental shots. Like your job is to shoot. I always tell people, uh, my second shooters, don't overshoot. Um, shoot very sparingly and shoot very creatively. That's all I want from you. Like I don't need you to shoot and make sure you get the ring shot, this shot, the kiss. I'm like, give me the greatest compositions that you can do. Give me some crazy depth of field. Just to work on things that I'm not concentrating on. That's it. I would, man, I would love to do that. You know what? And second, second thought, why don't you shoot the main stuff and I'll shoot the creative stuff? <laughs> I, get, I get to second shoot for a couple buddies every once in a while and it's always the best. Nice. It's always because you get to like let go of all that Exactly, stuff. <laughs> exactly. You got this, right? You got this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what uh, kind of advice would you give photographers, that are wanting to get into wedding photography you know weddings weddings are very sensitive you know they're somebody's special day um i would say even when people are willing to give you money to shoot their weddings do not do that i know it's very tempting but just ask somebody that you admire like somebody not at the top of their game because they're probably so busy and they probably won't give you any attention but somebody who's like local who's been shooting for a couple of years that you really like their work just go out and ask them hey yo do you mind uh, me shooting for free for you like you know if you don't have money like do you mind if I just come out and uh, get a couple lessons from you or you know just hang out ask the right questions like don't be annoying that's like don't ask those stupid questions like how do you get that photo uh, dude give me a question that's more thought out you know like you know I noticed that this photo is it looks different from those other photos like can you explain to me why that's different you know, even if you, don't know, if you don't know the language, to ask it in a form that is not just, give me the easy answer as fast as you can, hurry up. <laughs> you know, that's all I hear from people who ask it that way. Yeah. And it's like, bro, I don't even know who you are and what you're capable of doing. You want, you want all my 17 years of photography work in a, in a one-minute answer. Well, I'm not going to give it to you, bro. Like, that doesn't even make sense. And so ask the right questions, like ask a question that's serious, where like you, you know the person that you're asking, you know, they, they can respect that type of answer. And it's not easy because you have to think, and, you know, I know thinking hurts you guys. A lot of you guys out there, you guys just want everything so easy. But, you know, part of going on a tangent again, like all my interns, 
And this is a real way for me to have people understand how easy they have it in life. All my interns at the shop, when I had my old Toyota truck, manual transmission means that it has three pedals. For those of you that don't know what that means. What's the third pedal do? Yeah, what does that third pedal do? <laughs> um, no power steering. Oh, that was, that was the best part. Basically, you get into a, you know this, we had similar trucks. <laughs> you get into something that is manual windows. There's no power anything. And it's like nowadays people are drinking their lattes on Starbucks on their phone. They're driving power, you know, every, everything, everything is automated. You know how hard it is to do a U-turn in mm-hmm. that truck holding a latte? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's a latte? Bro, that's the thing I tell people. I was like, you guys don't understand how easy your life is. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, go drive my truck and go parallel park right there. They're like, I don't even know how to drive stick. Okay, let's go learn how to drive stick. Yeah. Because my thing is... Everything is, you guys, you guys don't even understand how far cars have come for you guys to have it that easy. So get in my truck, we're going to learn how to drive stick. And of course, that's always scary to me. (laughs) And then they learn how to drive stick and they're like, oh my God, this is actually kind of cool. Like actually shifting and stuff. I'm like, yes, of course, that's what I've been. Yeah, of course. You know, that's a way of life for me. And your truck's not easy to learn. No, no, no. (laughs) You know, and then I'll tell them, okay, now parallel park with no power steering, especially the girls. Oh my gosh. You know, and like Elika, one of my interns, uh, when her when she got a flat tire, I told her like, I'll give you. I have, I had a set of wheels. I was like, I'll give them to you, but you got to put it on your own car. She goes, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, I'll teach you. I will stand next to you and teach you how to, um, especially like girls who even guys they don't know how to take a lug nut off because it's on so tight. And I was like, I'll teach you how to do it, but you have to know how to do it yourself. Like if I had a daughter, she would know how to do all this stuff. Like nowadays, men they don't know how to shake hands. They don't know how to change a tire, they don't do an oil change, they don't know how to put on a tie. Like the whole world's changed. Everyone's become so soft. And it's like, my thing is, learn how to do the things that's necessary. Like, if you're going to be a photographer, if you're going to chase after a mentor who doesn't want to mentor you, go after that person. And if they keep denying you, go after somebody else. But make sure you're not that annoying little brat just wants easy, easy stuff. Like, make sure that when the, when the guy who's willing to take you on is like, damn, okay, I'm willing to take a chance on you because, one, I can see that you actually have a brain and you're willing to learn and then you're asking the right questions. And once again, if you guys are not paying attention, the right question revolves around asking questions that are relevant and that is not asking a question for the easy answer. That's what I'm saying. I think it, you know, second shooting is a perfect opportunity to observe more than anything. You sure. Because and that's when you're going to get the real questions. Too. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's and you know that and I always tell people, you know, photography, it's it's like if you I don't care how long you've been shooting weddings for. Right. If you, let's say you've been shooting weddings for 20 years, that doesn't make you a master photographer. It makes you somebody who's very experienced in wedding photography. If you think you're such a badass, I would say, OK, come over here. Come shoot a car real quick. Let me see how skilled you are in shooting a car. And I guarantee you they won't be able to shoot a car well. And it's like I tell people, if you're experienced in a certain industry in that photography realm, you are experienced in that realm. You are not experienced in all aspects of photography. And you will soon learn that photography, lots of times when you're setting up an amazing shot, it's because you do all the work that goes around the camera and the lens, which means building up networks, building up relationships, building time where someone trusts you right because it's not just about what it's what you see through the camera 
when somebody trusts you, they will see that in, in, in the photo. If someone doesn't trust you, oh, like when kids, kids don't trust you. And you try taking a photo of them, oh, you will know. You will know. You will have a client very unhappy. Yeah, all the photos he took of my son, he looks really scared. I want my money back. And so you learn when you do weddings, it's about communicating with the bride, showing up on time, right? Getting the shots, setting up proper lighting, doing all those things around. It's not just about setting up a camera, communicating how to make people laugh, how to make them feel good. If you don't have any of those skills and you're a perfectionist, fundamental photographer, you will have, you will have the most technically correct photos of people who look sad or feel disconnected from the photographer. And to me, that's what's more important, that I want to see the connection of somebody who trusts you. Like every wedding that I ever shot, because these people trusted me to shoot their wedding. Not because I could shoot technically well. That's the difference. So get out there. Um, and when you go out and observe the person you're following, see how they communicate. Like when I, I remember one time I took one of my old interns, I was doing family photos, right? And I told him, look, this is how it's going to happen. Um, I'm shooting four families today. I don't know the name of all their kids. When I'm emailing them, when we're first booking, this is what I'll do. Um, hi, Sarah. Yeah, sure. Um, let me book you for one o'clock today. Uh, we'll have a 20-minute session. Please show up um, 10 minutes early. And please let me know, uh, let me know the name of your husband and the, your three kids and their ages. So this is what happened. When that family came out, um, this is when my old intern, Leonard, um, I taught him how to, how, to, how to properly make sure that when the families come, because I, I, I said, you're shooting for 20 minutes. If you can't build a rapport with that family in the first minute, the rest of your photos will suck. And this is what I did. So in that email, okay, this is going to be a great little sector for you guys um, to learn how to communicate with your clients well. In that email, she'll come back and said, okay, so my husband is Daniel. He's, you know, 38. My daughter is eight years old. My son, um, let's say Shane is five. And then my other son, Matt, is 12. So immediately, I put notes in my phone. And so before they show up, I look at my phone real quick, right? I was like, now I have to memorize five names real quick. Well, I already know the wife's name, the husband's name. Now the three kids is going to be kind of tough. So I'll memorize it real quick. And when the kids come up, I'll walk up to the kids. I'm like, you must be Matt. Because you know he's 12 years old. He's the oldest of the three. So I'm like, you must be mad, right? And he was like, yeah. And then they look at you like, well, how do you know my name? Yeah. And right away, they're like, oh. Now I'll go, yo, give me a high five. And then they'll give you a high five. And they're like, oh, dude, this guy's cool. Because lots of times when kids come, they're like, oh, my God, I don't want to take pictures with an old <laughs> photographer, dude, right? So I'll come and, you know, in my jeans and a t-shirt. And I'm like, yo, Matt, what's up? And I was like, I was like, I heard you like basketball. You can ask your mom, like, you know, what do the kids like to do? Yeah. It's like, I heard you like the basketball. You like the Lakers? And you, in that one moment, you ask that one question, and you know his name, he's going to go, oh, dude, I like this guy. You just set the whole vibe. You set the, the whole, whole yes. Yep. And every, every single time I've done that, every year the families call me back, and the kids are like, dude, you know, like, and I'll see, you know, once again, keep notes very carefully. Mm -hmm. Dude, the Lakers have been doing so well, you know, like, dude, are you stoked? Like, oh my God, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. And even if you don't like sports, it doesn't matter. In that moment, you're playing the role of the businessman, yeah. right? And so um, every time I've done that, and the husband, they're like, the hell, this kid knows my name? <laughs> and they've always been like, and then when you ask them to do something, they'll be more willing to do it because you're like, you know, yo, Matt, instead of saying, hey, you tall kid, you know, um, look this way. 
You know, you'll say, yo, Matt, look this direction real quick. Now, because you know the individual's names. And they're like, yes, I'll do whatever you want. And when the parents, you know, when you send the pictures over, they're like, oh, my God, you had Matt smile. No one's ever made, made Matt smile in family photos, but you have. And it's like all it took was a little bit of note-taking, a little bit of planning. And when you get there, a little bit of memorization. And that one little fact and just corresponding with the kids in a way that makes it a fun. Yo, let me see you jump over that rock. Dang, those basketball <laughs> skills are paying off, right? Especially with the little ones, Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and in that moment, you know, they feel connected to you because you're like, oh, dude, this guy likes basketball. So I can talk with him. And so in that day, dude, I was on all my all my clients showed up on time or before time because I asked them, please, can you show up 10 or 15 minutes before? Because I had my families line up. If one family was late, it was going to throw everything off. That that day was it was beautiful. And he was just like, OMG, Drew, what the heck just happened? <laughs> you know, and I was like, it's just it just requires planning. And it had nothing to do with my cameras. Did I, did I sit there talking about my cameras and my setting? Because yeah. no, because that's stuff, that's stuff that you should know after repetition of you doing it so much. Yeah. Photography, great photography revolves around everything outside of the camera. And over time, somebody who's experienced will know what that means. So, yeah. You couldn't have put that any better, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Dude, thank you again for coming on here. Man, thanks for having me. And doing this. And uh, I don't have to ask you for your plugs because you are. <laughs> 911cool.com. Andrew Manley, right? AndrewManley.com. On uh, Instagram, it's just it's, calm. It's Andrew Manley calm. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. And the website is andrewmanley.com. Yeah. You know, I'm very creative with these names because, you know, Andrew Manley calm is just so functional. And that's where you can go on Instagram and start being annoying and start <laughs> texting them and asking them all the wrong questions. You know, um, on Instagram lately, I haven't, I haven't really been posting that much because, like I said, I'm not really shooting a lot outside of doing car stuff. But I am posting a lot of stories and so if you guys like to follow along and see all my rants and, you know, things I'm passionate about, of course, you can follow on there. Do but, it. Um, Do it. Just don't ask me annoying questions because I will block you forever. <laughs> and before he blocks you, he'll go off on you too. <laughs> I will. I will. Definitely. <laughs> and, you know, once again, encourage um, people that, um, that um, you know, if, you really will, if you're really passionate about raising your game, make sure that you talk to people who are not afraid to give it to you raw, meaning that they are not afraid to let you know how much uh, your work needs help. You know, and of course, ask the right people too. You want to ask people who understand the game better than you. You know that you know that are willing to sh you know tell you how much you're lacking or why that photo was great. You know, that's another thing too. It's not just why that, not just the fact that it's a great photo, but why it's great. Those are so much more important than whys than to say, hey, like, I like your work, you're a really cool photographer, and you're just like, okay, that's, thank you, but, you know, that's, that's nice, yeah. but once again, you know, it's just, if you want to add the extra element of somebody remembering you, just remember that you said something about their work that was relevant to you, or to them, does that make sense? Like, you actually studied their work and said, hey, look, I just saw your last photo, and that really touched me, because, um, um, that photo reminded me of a moment in my life where it was, you know, it was, I was very down, this and that. If you say, if you just say that one sentence, it's like the whole family thing again. You say that one thing that just strikes a nerve because you took that moment to say, hey, this is relevant to me because yeah. that person would go, oh, damn, like, damn, right? And that person would say, hey, look, damn, I, I, I feel more connected to my own work because it made somebody else feel connected to it and that made me feel 
like that it made a difference and that's how you keep progressing too because the next time you go into another shoot exactly these are things that are just constantly running exactly your head. you know um and, and and to me that's what's so important the fact that there's there's thought behind the process you know it's not just uh, aesthetically beautiful thing which is fine you know making aesthetically beautiful thing is great too but for me you know I like to see emotions of, uh, of a photograph come to surface because it allows somebody who is seeing that um, bring up you know a memory you know so and when it comes to wedding photography it's way more, like you said it's way more about just a pretty photo exactly exactly <laughs> you know that's it's it's all about you know it's you know like i said you know wedding photography is not easy but it's something that you can easily get passionate about because you are literally photographing someone's you know a couple's most you know most famous time in their life the most important the most you know um you know world changing event and if you do it well enough and you're absolutely passionate about it, like you love to, sh if you can shoot in a way that really explores the way that couple, you know, really love each other, like you will never not have business. Like you will have business for the rest of your life, you know, as long as you love doing it. And of course, wedding, wedding photography is not easy, guys. Don't ever think that wedding photography is easy. You know, so there's a lot of misconception out there. Oh, yeah, all you do is shoot weddings, um, and that's all you do and edit and things. Are, no, because you have crazy brides, bro. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of crazy people out there, and you have to deal with crazy people. So wedding photography um, deals with a lot of crazy people. And so it's very important that you guys understand that it is a business. It is not fun time. It may seem like when you see people's videos that they're just having fun and, and you know, having fun with the clients and stuff. You know, there are those moments for sure. But if something goes wrong, guess what? That fun client of yours is going to turn into somebody much, much different. <laughs> I guarantee you, you're not going to like seeing that. So most deaf so uh, just just be conscious of it you know life is i always have my new saying lately is this life is hard you know because no matter how high you get on the next tier the next level of life there's new challenges all the time and it never it never it's never easy it never ends either. it never ends <laughs> it's just till you die it's going to be a grind every single time and i tell all my interns that um you know they see all the stuff that i have and they're like oh my god it must be nice to have this or that and i was like I was like, it doesn't, it never ends. Yeah. You, like Biggie says, you know, more, more, more money, more problems. It's because literally that happens. You start you start dealing with um, more issues that, that come to play that you didn't have to deal with before. And kind of going on that, um, I watched the thing with Ty Lopez. It's funny. <laughs> Ty Lopez was telling the people on, 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 that was watching his video saying, you know, um, it, when you're broke, you don't understand how money works. You just think that if you have money, that everything is good. But, you know, when you have more money, there are more problems. And kind of a, a prime example of that was Ty Lopez said, um, you know, because obviously he's loaded now. He said he had a, a, a house cleaner that was in his house. And the house cleaner, after the very first day she was working there, said, I slipped on a banana peel in your house and I'm going to sue you. Wow. <laughs> that is one of those prime examples of somebody with more money, more problems. Because it's like, if I was a regular Joe, this would have never happened. But she walks in my, my house and she sees everything I have and she's like, I'm going to sue you. You're like, wow, what a setup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, wow. That's how the world works, man. Yeah. It's like the more money you have, like the more capable of you are of, of falling and tipping, you know, and, and collapsing. And so, man, you got to be very delicate every step of the way. Yeah. So. So there you have it, guys. That was my conversation with Andrew Manley. Um, 
just had the best time sitting down and talking to him. Uh, so yeah, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please, uh, go rate it, leave me a review. And if you have any questions that you guys want, uh, me to talk about on the podcast, uh, I want to hear from you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Del Toro Photo. Shoot me your questions there. So I look forward to hearing from you and recording more podcasts, putting them out on the interwebs. And yeah, we will see you guys on the next one.